0: Despite a lot of smoke surrounding Derek Carr to the New Orleans Saints, as early as Tuesday afternoon, it's the Buccaneers that Carr should be targeting. That and more on today's episode of Locked On Bucs. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up bucks nation and welcome to today's episode of the Locked on bucks podcast part of the Locked on podcast network your team every day we are your daily podcast covering the tampa bay buccaneers and we are free and available on all platforms including youtube and the 10 tampa bay plus app on your roku or your amazon fire stick and of course we thank you for making us your first listen or your first view of the day i am david harrison staff writer over at sports illustrated fan nations of bucks my co-host james yarko the deputy editor of bucks nation dot com is not here today but he is on twitter at jrco underscore bucks i am at d harrison 82 and the show is at locked on bucks thank you again for making us your first listener your first view of the day this episode is brought to you by fanduel sportsbook the official sportsbook of the national football league make every moment more visit fanduel.com locked on to get started today the list of candidates interviewed by tampa bay to be their next offensive coordinator is up to ten with one candidate actually pulling himself out recently it's time to re-rank the candidates because one may sign as early as wednesday but before we talk about that news could be coming fast and furious guys make sure you're staying tuned may be subscribed uh follow us on twitter all the good stuff because despite the fact that the tampa bay buccaneers are reportedly open to giving kyle trask a serious look for their starting quarterback job it would be smart for Derek Carr to have his people reach out to the Buccaneers if the Buccaneers have not reached out to even have some conversations and see if they can't change their minds. And it would be wise for the Buccaneers to listen because they're likely going to see him one way or another because as we're getting down to the short list of candidates for Derek Carr to sign with, again, expected to be released Tuesday afternoon after not being able to uh, convince, I guess, the Saints and Raiders to agree to a trade, not surprised that that's how that worked out. But there, the list of candidates for which team Derek Carr is going to land with is getting short. And I mean it was kind of already short, but on Good Morning Football, Tuesday morning, the crew there discussed kind of their preferred locations. The Jets was the team that they kind of started the conversation with. I don't think any of them really felt like the Jets was the was the right place where Derek Carr would actually end up. I agree with that sentiment. We kind of talked about it here on this show. I think Aaron Rodgers. Once he gets back from his retreat and decides that he wants to play for at least another season, I think he ends up getting traded to the New York Jets, joins Robert Sala, rejoins Nathaniel Hackett, uh, his offensive coordinator from Green Bay, who is now the offensive coordinator uh, with the Jets. And I think that's Aaron Rodgers' job. So when you look at – if you take the Jets off the board, now you're really looking at the NFC South teams, and Devin McCourty said this is where he would have Derek Carr. If he were Derek Carr, this is where he would focus on for multiple reasons, but specifically, McCourney mentioned the Saints and the Panthers as the two teams that he would kind of have his eye on uh, in the NFC South. But I wanted to include the entire NFC South and I wanted to kind of see if there was a way we could kind of rank not so much which team would go after him. We talk about that a lot, right? Are the Bucks going to go after Carr? Are the Saints going to go after Carr? But I'm, I want to kind of flip this view a little bit. If you're Derek Carr, which situation is really the best one and I think off the cuff it's easy to say well the team of Bay Buccaneers just won the division they just lost Tom Brady so you know obviously they're the number one team coming into the offseason that's the number one team but I wanted to get beyond just the immediate assessment get beyond the surface and kind of evaluate this thing and see if I could come up with a kind of a measurement uh to put this thing together so I came up with what I call the economic environment of each team in the NFC South and to get this figure this this ranking um, I, I took multiple, I think there's six total uh, factors into account. And so we're going to start with some of the factors that Devin McCourty talked about. The first, the first thing that Devin McCourty talked about in Good Morning Football, identifying the, the NFC South as the premier location uh, for Derek Carr to consider was the fact that he'll be the best quarterback in that division. And that is flat out true. I mean, when you look at the quarterbacks that are currently under contract, projected to be starters for their team, the Carolina Panthers are looking at Jacob Eason. The New Orleans Saints are looking at Jameis Winston. But there's a lot of smoke around maybe Jameis Winston won't be with the New Orleans Saints for much longer. So if Jameis leaves, the only other quarterback under contract is Jake Lutton. The Falcons have Desmond Ritter. The Buccaneers have Kyle Trask. So and I think no matter who you look at, you will consider Derek Carr an upgrade from those guys. Even the young guys like Desmond Ritter and Kyle Trask, who really just haven't had a chance to prove themselves yet, Derek Carr, like where Derek Carr is today, Kyle Trask and Desmond Ritter probably need a year or two to get to that level, uh, if if not longer. Jacob Easton has kind of had some intermittent play here and there, not that impressive. Jameis Winston, it looks like the Saints, uh, at least Dennis Allen and the Saints, are pretty much out on him, which is a little bit confusing. But you know, it it is what it is. So starting off with our rankings, that's how I ranked it. I ranked Panthers. Uh, the number one upgrade, because I think he's the biggest upgrade from Jacob Beeson to Derek Carr. That's the biggest NFC South team upgrade. The Saints are second because, again, they just apparently don't like Jameis Winston anymore. Jake Ledden, uh, not even really sure how to evaluate him, to be quite honest with you. Uh, I put the Falcons third here because Desmond Ritter has played. And, you know, that's a mixed bag of reviews. But there are some people who think that maybe the Falcons will be willing to move on from Desmond Ritter, at least for this year. Uh, if the right candidate comes around. So maybe that's Derek Carr. And then I put the Buccaneers last because, again, the reports are that they want to give Kyle Trask his burn and his opportunity. So if those are true, which uh, where those reports are coming from, uh, I tend to believe them, then I put them fourth as far as who would probably look for the biggest upgrade in their quarterback uh, position. The second measurement that we use was the running game. Every quarterback, you know, obviously you want your receivers and you've got some good ones, but you also want a running game to lean on. The Falcons. Uh, were fourth in the National Football League in yards per run play so they come in first in the NFC South in that category the Panthers come in second with the 14th overall uh, rush game there the Saints are third with 22nd and of course the Buccaneers fourth with the 32nd in the National Football League but then on the flip side of things you also need a defense you look at these NFL teams that made it to the Super Bowl the Eagles the Kansas City Chiefs their defenses didn't always show up and certainly in the Super Bowl uh, a lot of points being scored but able to show up kind of when the time was needed the most you want to have a defense if you can uh to lean on new orleans had the top scoring defense the national football or in the nfc south division rather uh 20.3 points per game so they get the first ranking there tampa bay 21.1 is second the carolina panthers come in third with 22 points per game allowed and the Atlanta falcons fourth with 22.7 so with those rankings kind of tallying this up almost golf style right so you want the lowest score Possible. So, if you're first place in one of these categories, you get one point. If you're fourth place in one of these categories, you get four points, and and so on. So, for example, the Buccaneers and uh, their defensive rankings, just going with points because that's the most important stat. Twenty point three points per game for the Saints. They get first place, so they get one point for that. Coming in first place, Tampa Bay gets two. All those things. So, if you look at those three measurements only, then the Buccaneers are actually last place. The Buccaneers come in last. Uh, they get two points for defense, four points. For their rush offense at six points total and then fourth place because Kyle Trask to Derek Carr, uh, institutionally seems like the the shortest upgrade, uh, I suppose. So, again, looking at this from Derek Carr's point of view, you want to come to a team. If you want to take control, you want to come to a team that kind of views you as a massive upgrade over their current starter versus a minimal one. Uh, and again, with the reports of the Buccaneers, want to give Kyle Trask the opportunity that would give you the least wiggle room therefore the least upgrade uh over the the incumbent if you want to call him that even though Kyle Trask wasn't the starter last year so and those just those three measurements right there the economic situation the team economic situation for the for the Buccaneers is actually ranked last uh here in the NFC South so it would behoove Derek Carr to not want to go to the Buccaneers but we're not done evaluating these teams and what we have coming up is actually going to flip the script in a really serious way that's coming up here on today's episode of Locked On Bucks today's episode of lockdown bucks is sponsored by better help when you are at your best you can do great things but sometimes life gets you bogged down and you may feel overwhelmed or like you're not showing up in the way that you want to working with a therapist can help you get closer to the best version of you because when you feel empowered you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at you if you're thinking of giving therapy a try better help is a great option it's convenient flexible affordable and entirely online the best part for me is if you don't get along with your first therapist you can move on to another one no questions asked no rate increases no transfer fees nothing like that so it's uh it's, it's a great program for anybody who needs to get that therapy but doesn't necessarily want to go to a person. not all the time fit it into their commute schedule all of those things you just fill out a brief questionnaire and you'll get matched with a licensed therapist and again you can switch at any time if you want to live a more empowered life therapy can help get you there visit betterhelp.com locked on Today, to get 10% off your first month, that's better help slash Locked On. All right, coming out of those first three measurements, which NFC South team is the best economic situation, kind of the best environment for Derek Carr to want to enter into. The Bucks actually looked like the worst spot for him to go, but the evaluations are not done yet. So, the next measurement that we looked at was the cap space, right? So, when you're a quarterback coming into a team, first of all, you got to get paid. Second of all, how much money do they have to re sign key free agents and then go sign other free agents if they're needed? Looking at this list, the Falcons are currently second in the National Football League with $56.4 million in cap space. That is according to uh, Spot Track. Second in the NFC South, but 21st in the National Football League. So 20, 19 spots below the Falcons. Second in the NFC South at the Carolina Panthers, Negative $9.5 million in salary cap space. That is not good for a team uh, that finished with a losing record to also not have very much cap space. The Buccaneers are third in the NFC South, 31st in the NFL with $55.7 And again, the entirety of Tom Brady's dead cap number is going to come to roost here in 2023. The Saints are 32nd in the NFL, and of course, last in the NFL, last in the NFC South, $57.3 million dollars, uh, in cap space. However, over the cap, right, using a combination of cap sites here, They actually have a a really cool tool or or tab where they can kind of give you an estimated projection of how flexible the salary cap is. The Atlanta Falcons could actually have up to one hundred and ten million dollars in salary cap space without losing a single person just by restructuring current contracts. Carolina Panthers could up their number to seventy-two point five million. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers could up their number to forty-seven point six, and the Saints could up theirs to thirty-seven point nine, which leaves plenty of money to sign Derek Carr and potentially sign. Uh, some of your own free agents, guys like Jamel Dean, uh, stuff like that. Some of these guys are expected to leave, right? But they may be enticed to stay if there is a legitimate veteran quarterback uh, taking the place of Tom Brady. Not so much a Brady effect, maybe kind of a car effect. You're still going to want to get paid, uh, but still willing maybe to sign. So Falcons, Panthers, Bucks, Saints. So, again, if you're, if you're keeping tally, the Falcons get one point for having the most cap space, Panthers two, Bucks three, Saints four. And then we look at draft capital, and, and we looked at how many picks these teams have total, but then also how many picks these teams have in the top 100 picks, because those are obviously your most valuable uh, picks. Every single team in the NFC South, uh, according to DraftTech.com, has eight draft picks coming up in the 2023 NFL draft. which oh, so that was interesting. I don't know how common it is for every team in the division to have the exact same amount of picks. Um, all of them have three in the top 100. One of them has a fourth in the top 100. That is the Carolina Panthers. So the Carolina Panthers have eight total picks. Four in the top 100 picks uh, of the upcoming NFL draft. The rest of the teams, Falcons, Saints, and Bucks, each have eight picks uh, coming up in the NFL draft. Three of those are in the top 100. So for this one, we give the Carolina Panthers one point for having the extra pick uh, in the top 100. All of the other teams tie at second, so they all get two points. There's no second, third, or fourth. If you want to go deeper into it, you could rank them by where their picks are. Uh, I suppose that would certainly be fair. And that would kind of change the equation a little bit. But for this purpose, I rank them all tied for a second uh, because, again, you're, you're within spinning range. So if you really want to get ahead of somebody, you have the capital to move up and do it. And then the final measurement that we used was who's most poised to win now. And I didn't so much go off of just last season's standing. So obviously the Buccaneers won the NFC South. They should be uh, in first place. But I also kind of looked at how they did it, who they did it with. And for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers specifically, Yes, you're losing Tom Brady, but let's be honest, whether it was scheme, whether it was offensive line, whether it was miscommunications, personal issues, whatever you want to believe. The reason was Tom Brady, not really on top of his game, not at top Tom Brady level uh, this last season. So still being able to do there a hugely injured uh, offensive line. Obviously, Ryan Jensen is healthy again, played in the in the playoff loss against the Dallas Cowboys. So he'll be back. Uh, Donovan Smith, look, whatever he had going on, hopefully during the offseason can kind of get that ratified, get that rectified. Uh, and come back more focused next season at left tackle. Tristan works will be healthier. He's still an all-pro caliber right tackle, arguably the best right tackle uh, in the game today. Shaq Mason was solid, not perfect, but solid. And then that left guard position, again, to me, you bring back Aaron Stinney, who was injured uh, early in the year, and you bring him back. Maybe Luke Geteke, uh kind of takes that step forward. You have the NFL draft. So certainly the ability to bring back a much better offensive line, defensive line front. I think you want to improve there, uh, but the defense was solid enough. Again, second best in the NFC South in in points per game. Levante, David, I think is obviously obviously the biggest question mark for the Buccaneers defense right now, as well as Jamel Dean, Sean Murphy, Bunting, Mike Edwards. I stand by, I think at least one of those guys comes back, maybe two of them uh, comes back as well. But even if they're out, you have Carlton Davis, Antoine Winfield Jr., potentially. A draft guy like Christian Gonzalez out of Oregon, if he makes it that far. Joey Porter Jr. is a potential option, a great press man coverage, uh cornerback that would fit Todd Bowles' scheme as a cornerback very well. So I still look at the Buccaneers, even though you lose Tom Brady, you potentially might lose some of these free agents. I still look at them as a talented roster who did some some fairly good things. Let's not get too hyped up here, but they won the NFC South. So part of it, part of your ability to win now is beating uh your own division. And when you look at the Saints, Panthers, and Falcons, you really just can't say. All of the same things. Yeah, the Panthers went through a lot of quarterback turnover and headache and and all that stuff, and they beat the Panthers, the Buccaneers uh, pretty handily in that one game. But I mean, we all can kind of go back point to more Buccaneers mistakes in that loss than Panthers uh, successes. And then, of course, in the second game, uh, they come back and get the win. So I kind of look at that. The Saints, uh, they do they went through some injuries as well. I think they're going to move on for Michael Thomas this off season, Maybe bring in another receiver to help out Chris Olave. Um, so giving them a quarterback would help their defense. Was pretty solid. For the most part and then the falcons i just think they're they're still kind of rebuilding and in that rebuild mode so i have the bucks uh ranked first in the win now category saints are second panthers third and i have the falcons at the bottom there now the win now category i actually gave a times two designator because i think that is hugely important for a guy in like Derek carr's uh situation i don't think if you're Derek carr you're looking at a five-year rebuild saying yeah let me be a part of that i think you want a team that has some potential but you also want a team that has the potential to win today. And that starts with winning your division. So for example, the Buccaneers were first here, but they actually get two points. And that might not sound like it makes a whole lot of sense, but you gotta remember the Saints also get four points for being second place, the Panthers six for being in third and the Falcons eight for being in fourth place. So to me, that's a huge discriminator is which teams are are poised to win now. And again, we're looking at this from the point of, or from the perspective of Derek Carr looking at these teams and which one makes the most sense for him. So when you put all that math together, guys, the Atlanta Falcons come in last with 21 points. Uh, the fact that they're not really in a win-now mode in the NFC South kind of hurt them uh, there. The Saints are actually third with 18 points, leaving the Bucks and the Panthers, which I think some people might be surprised that the Panthers end up there. But when you, when you I think the the, the draft capital uh, situation plus the discrepancy in salary cap really helped them. Uh, the Panthers, at best, the Panthers still have almost $45 million in cap space more. So not only can they draft more top 100 players, they're drafting higher, but they can also go sign more players if they need to, to put around Derek Carr. And I think that's really where the Panthers kind of took that step ahead of the New Orleans Saints. But the Buccaneers come in first place with 16 points. So 16, 17, 18, Bucs, Panthers, Saints. So very close here. So, you know, really, if you're, if you're Derek Carr, each of them gives you really good value and each of them gives you the opportunity to do something good. But I think the Buccaneers kind of knows their way uh, across the finish line first, and the Falcons unfortunately come in uh, dead last there. So again, that's just kind of how I measured it. Again, I call it the economic ranking for each team in the NFC South. Looking at this from a perspective of if you're Derek Carr, which situation do you want to go into uh, in the NFC South? I have the Buccaneers ranking first, the Panthers second, Saints third, uh, and the Falcons in fourth place. That was sparked by a Good Morning Football conversation. I don't know. Hopefully, you found it interesting. I it Honestly, it just kind of took a life of its own as I was writing this out. I found it interesting, so hopefully some of you out there also find it interesting. We will find out. Derek Carr, again, expect to be released uh, Tuesday afternoon. There's a lot of smoke around the Saints, so who knows? Maybe at 4.05 or 4.25, we're looking at uh, breaking news that he signs with the Saints. If you go off my metric and you agree with it, that would be his third best option in the NFC South. But again, it takes two to tango. The Buccaneers are really in on Kyle Trask. They may not even be looking at Derek Carr. Uh, but still, the whole point is, I think if I'm Derek Carr, I look at this, and I look at this evaluation and I tell my guys, call Jason Light. Let's see if we can work something out, because that is the best situation for me, Derek Carr, to be successful. Even if it's a two, three year deal, come in there for a couple of years, maybe walk on that third year with no dead cap and you go on. Uh, maybe you get a ring in the process. Kyle Trask gets a couple more years to develop and then he kind of comes in. Uh, Peter Schrager brought up the Miami Dolphins as a potential uh, landing spot, which I thought was very interesting. And look, he's not completely wrong. He pointed to some of the success that the Dolphins had uh, and to a tongue of Wailoa's unsure uh, physical health moving forward. So an interesting option there. Uh, so that's interesting. Also interesting is the addition of even more names to Tampa Bay's offensive coordinator search, who they are. And we re-rank the candidate list because one of the candidates has pulled out all of that coming up next here on Locked on Bucks and today's episode of locked on bucks is sponsored by built bar if you're looking for a delicious treat but you don't want all the fat and the calories and you gotta try a built bar with built health is actually tasty seriously they're so delicious you won't even think or realize that they're actually good for you and what makes Built bar so good well for stars are all covered 100 percent chocolate and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro peanut butter brownie and more and what's even better Is again, they're healthy. They only have 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and they pack a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't even have to wait to get your box. For years, we've been talking to you guys about ordering at Built.com. You can still do that, or you can go to your local Walmart or Sam's Club and get yourself a box right now. So that's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section, and you can grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can get a 4-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puff if you're close to the Sam's Club, run in there. Grab a 13-bar box of the hit flavors, including brownie batter and churro. That's built bar, built different. On Monday, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers interviewed Detroit Lions assistant coach and running back coach Scotty Montgomery for their vacant offense coordinator position. And on Tuesday, Seattle Seahawks quarterback, uh, quarterbacks coach Dave Canales, got his first interview. Uh, these are just the latest names interviewed by uh the Buccaneers following the announcement that Cincinnati Bengals offensive coordinator or quarterback coach rather Dan pitcher is going to return to the Bengals in that current role uh undoubtedly to me that's an anticipation of Bengals offensive coordinator Brian Callahan likely getting a head coaching job next season and then pitcher would probably elevate into that position and continue working with uh Joe Burrow can't blame him for doing so plus the Bengals just gave him a nice new contract so some financial incentives uh there as well Montgomery and Canales are the latest uh the two latest candidates interviewed they bring the list of interview candidates to 10. along with them comes Los Angeles Rams assistant head coach and tight ends coach Thomas Brown joining the list uh as well those three names since the last time we updated this search I believe those three names are the ones uh that didn't uh weren't on the list before so again Montgomery interviewed Monday Canalis interviewed Tuesday Brown is coming back for his second interview on Wednesday according to Scott Smith's profile of montgomery uh, on buccaneers.com scotty montgomery running back coach in indianapolis for two seasons uh before joining the detroit lions staff played and coached at duke uh before that played in the nfl for a short period of time with the denver broncos coached in the college game for 10 seasons before joining the colts and helping jonathan taylor become one of the best running backs in the national football league also spent three years as the pittsburgh steelers wide receivers coach intermingled in there Uh, as well thomas brown the again uh los angeles rams uh coach on the Rams staff now for three years running back coach in 2020 added the title of assistant head coach to that position in 2021 and then also became the tight ends coach so assistant head coach tight ends coach in 2022 played collegiately at georgia was a sixth round pick of the atlanta falcons back in 2008 coached in college for nine years before joining Uh, the Rams staff. And according to the Seattle Seahawks website, Canales has been on their staff since 2010. So a lot of experience there. And he also worked previously with Pete Carroll at USC. So you know, he's well versed in paying players to uh, play. A little bit of a joke. Um, So looking at so, so again, Dan Pitcher out, we have some new candidates here looking at the new offensive coordinator rankings. I've got Thomas Brown first, Uh, And no, not just because I kind of brought him up on this show uh, a while back after the Washington Commanders interviewed him. I kind of looked at his history, looked at where he came from, and kind of thought to myself, hey, that might be a guy the Buccaneers should be looking at as well. That's not the reason he's number one. The reason he's number one to me is because he's getting a second interview on Wednesday. Something interesting to note, he's getting another interview with the Carolina Panthers on Thursday. So if the Buccaneers let Thomas Brown out of the building Wednesday, They may lose him to an NFC South Division rival on Thursday. So if Thomas Brown impresses on Wednesday, I'm not saying it could happen or it will happen, but maybe keep your uh, Twitter notifications on. You could have an offensive coordinator soon as Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday evening, if they want to keep him from traveling to Carolina uh, to get that interview. Second, I'm going to go with Scotty Montgomery, not just because of recency bias, but look, in, in the last season, the Detroit Lions had four running backs that averaged four yards per carry or more came into the season expecting DeAndre Swift to be their primary guy, actually ended up with Jonathan Williams being their primary guy. And then they had two other guys who just had to kind of get worked in there either cuz Williams was getting banged up or needed a blow here or there. Like it, it was amazing and all and four of those guys averaged 4 yards per carry or more. No Buccaneers running backs averaged 4 yards per carry or more. Imagine if Rashad White could average 4.4 yards. That's almost that's a whole yard more than he averaged in his rookie season. That would certainly add a spark to the Buccaneers offense. Uh, and then third, I've got Dave Canales because while he kind of brings the pedigree that's kind of similar to what we've seen with the Buccaneers under Tom Brady, push the ball downfield, do those kinds of things. Seahawks running game hasn't exactly been the greatest uh during during that tenure outside of Marshawn Lynch. And I think that is somewhat significant. So hiring Dave Canales would kind of be more of the status quo, kind of a familiar uh probably look to the Buccaneers offense that we've seen in in years past, but it's hard to ignore Dave and his 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 hand right in helping develop some young quarterbacks into effective nfl quarterbacks and even helping geno smith revive his career uh there this past season winning the nfl comeback player of the year award so not my favorite candidate but i do think that there are some 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 uh, merit there i would rather see this team kind of go somewhere like a thomas brown who again was running back coach with the los angeles rams had a very good running attack the year they won the super bowl scotty montgomery who obviously has kind of the pedigree with the colts and with the detroit lions i think montgomery honestly is probably my favorite but thomas brown getting the second interview i think that's huge so that's why i have him up there number one and then at the end of the day i think the safety net todd munkin he's you know he's talked to some other teams the baltimore ravens stuff like that but i think uh todd munkin is kind of the safety net candidate there so thomas brown scotty montgomery dave canales not necessarily my favorite order but i think that's kind of the power rankings as they stand uh today so stay tuned for that so again Derek Carr, by the time we talk again, Derek Carr may have a team. Uh, By the time we finish this week, the Buccaneers could have an offensive coordinator. So a lot of good things, a lot of things potentially happening here around the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And we thank all of you for joining us for this conversation, for making the Locked on Bucks podcast your first listen or your first view of the day. We will be back with another episode here shortly. If you've got questions or topics you want to discuss, send those in to lockedonbuckspodcast at gmail.com. We've got a couple of mock drafts from you guys. We love it. Keep them coming. We're going to hit those on mock draft Monday, or you can DM your questions, comments, or mock drafts uh, to the Locked on Bucks Twitter account at Locked on Bucks. For James Yarko, I'm David Harris. Until we speak again, make sure you're checking out everything being written over at BucksNation.com and at BucksGameDay.com. Also find us on Twitter at DHarrison82, at JARConer underscore Bucks, and at Locked on Bucks. If you're out and about, please be safe. Be kind to one another. Wash your hands. Fire the cannons. Thank you for joining me right here on Locked On Bucks. Well, we said to stay tuned because news could be coming fast and often this week and uh no sooner than we hit end on the last recording did Todd Munkin get announced as the new Baltimore Ravens offensive coordinator. So the Buccaneers, your safety net is gone. So even more reason to keep an eye out tomorrow to see if Thomas Brown gets that job before they let him head to Carolina. Uh, Again, we'll have you covered here on Locked on Bucks. So just want to drop that little update at the end of this episode. And hopefully that's the last update, at least uh, for a little while before uh, the next time we speak again.